Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we don't talk about Animorphs because we already did that. I don't know if that was exact. That was pretty close. It was pretty darn close if it wasn't exact. Mm -hmm. I listened to it a few times. On repeat, (laughs) crying in the shower. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) They keep forcing me to talk about Everworld and I just want to go home. So, yeah. Like, I already mentioned the things that I was going to talk about on the podcast before the podcast. Mm-hmm. But as it turns, like, a King Boomy Funko Pop is not a real deep well of conversation. Oh. It's like, hey, look, there's a King Boomy Funko Pop now. And everybody's like, yeah. And it's like, that's all I get out of that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. How can I make my <laughs> response you a can't. better it's, experience? <laughs> it's, it's, not a good, it's not a good lead-in. I was excited about it. And then it's like, I finished Dungeon Crawler Carl book six, but can't talk about that because some people haven't had time because they're busy, busy, busy people and it's not an attack on them, but they haven't <laughs> had time to read it. So like anything I say about that would be a spoiler. So I I didn't come prepared to talk about things. And bring your, your witty banter before the yeah. show. Yeah. This is the most Questmaster open we've ever had. <laughs> I've never seen Questmaster. Oh, we gotta make you watch. I you gotta know. watch all of Taskmaster. That's what the Literally. real show is called. Oh, Taskmaster. Taskmaster yeah. yeah, but you've uh, got to watch it. I've seen every episode of the Guild of Granddaughters, mm-hmm. but that's the extent of my Taskmaster knowledge. If you go on to TikTok and look at any of the eight million TikToks I've sent you in the past <laughs> maybe two days, they are all Taskmaster New Zealand, and like I keep sending them to Jenna, and like. Just losing my shit. Like, Jenna, Jenna, we gotta do something like this. Jenna, come on. Like, oh, they did a whole escape room task where you either picked up that it was an escape room or you like saw an obvious like diversion yeah. and called it out. And as they were doing the escape room task, I was like watching it and like foaming at the mouth. I was like, oh my God, but, but this clue, but this clue. Ah. Like, I was dying. And I sent that to Jenna. I was like, how do we make this happen? An escape room one would be really cool. It would be. It would be, oh, it would be so mm. difficult. To pull but it's off. like an escape room already. Yeah, I, I. You say it would be super difficult. Would it be any more difficult than the Great British Bake Off? Okay, that one was a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it would be a little harder because I I would want to build physical things. Those the, the it's up on the. DragonCon Digital Media, do they not have a YouTube yet. channel? Not oh, yet. Oh, not yet. Okay. Yeah, they haven't gotten it up there yet, but it will be soon. Okay. Probably by yeah. the time this drops, it'll for sure be up there. Is Horse Girls up there? Yeah, Horse Girls yeah. was the very first one. Yeah. They're like, 
Let's go, party people. It's also, <laughs> last I checked, had the most views of any of the videos. Oh, that's awesome. Noise. Yeah. There were so many people at that horse girls panel, and I thought there was I thought it was gonna be like four people and we would know them. Instead it was like thirty people and we didn't know a single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know that the experience was any better. <laughs> that was fun. That was very fun. Everybody should go to DragonCon next year. To the digital media track and come watch us on our bullshit. Because <laughs> we have a lot of bullshit. We do. Emily's cupcake was real good, guys. Yeah. I think I ate steps. Did you? Yeah. It was pretty good. It was yummy. It was. It was good. Katie made gummy worms with her bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, did y'all read this book? No. Oh, crap. Crap. You were supposed to have read the book. What? Since when? Yeah. <laughs> um, did y'all... Uh, spoilers, did y'all... Tam. For those of us that haven't read the book, Tam. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) But the book that you haven't read? Yeah, yeah. Keep that bit going. Uh, Did y'all like it? Yes. I don't know. Oh. Okay, I did. I did very much. Uh, Were you you happy with the choice with where we stopped the book? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. You were happy. I was happy. Okay, because I was angry? Mm Mm-hmm. That helps a lot. Okay, okay. I do like it every time you get mad. I'm like, we are right in the middle of stuff happening, and I can't read any more book. I would rather it ended where it did as opposed to the chapter before it. Yeah, yes. that's true. I would have that's been true. so mad. This book was everything that the last book wasn't. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, right from the start. Yeah. So good. It's like we've had nine books of setup one book of filler and then this book where it's like it's all starting to pay off it feels like you know Mm -hmm. in a big 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 way oh yeah shit got real shit got real yeah that's the best way to describe it yeah i'm so i don't know why i answered I, i don't i just i don't know i think i very much enjoyed reading this i don't know if i if i liked it in the way that, like, I didn't come out of it like, this is my favorite book of all time. No, I'm more like no. I'm in a rage. But, like, Christopher's, <laughs> Christopher in particular as a character is, it's now getting to the point where when you see his arc as a whole, I can see now the point of it as much as early on. We're like, we didn't like this. We hate this character. We don't like this guy. He's worse in his own head. I feel like there's finally, like, maybe not a reason for it and maybe not the intended flow but like i'm just gonna go ahead and spoil this the idea that christopher has fractured into a better person in everworld is like an amazing payoff from where we started yes and i fucking love that yes so this story is in no way going in a direction where i expected it to where i wanted it to or where i am comfortable with (laughs) If yes. that makes sense. Yes, it like, does. It almost feel like, like, I don't know a better way to phrase this. This isn't exactly how I feel, but it's, it almost feels like the story isn't correct. <laughs> the story's wrong. Yeah, it's like, it's like skewing in such different ways from where. But because of that, I like, I have to know where it's going. Mm-hmm. And so like, I got that point when I was reading this book where I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not putting this down. Like, I have to know where we get from this. 
and then I had to stop because you'll tell me I can't read past a certain page and then yeah but yeah it is it's it's not Christopher's not paying off the way that I want him to all the way uh David is doing weird stuff to me like Senna has gone completely off the deep end like off the rails like worse than I ever thought she could have been and so it's like I don't know you just like you sort of get into like these tropey like feelings like this is how the story's going to go and this is where the story's going to go and this is you know it's all going to fit neatly into and the story's not doing that no and so yeah. i like it i am back to wanting to punch david in the face uh-huh <laughs> yeah honestly like my main gripe with this book like i really liked it um but I think I really liked it because I didn't like the last book and I was kind of like, okay, yeah. we're resetting. Like we're yeah. back in Everworld, yeah. like as I know it. But everyone in this book was so fucking stupid. Yeah. Everybody made the dumbest calls. Yes. And I just, I want to get into it because it's just like, y'all aren't dumb. Like yeah. you have been you know, figuring it out this whole time. You should be smarter than this by now. Yeah. David's weird to me. Like, I can't get a handle on that guy. Right. Because it was like, the guy felt like a little bit like, like, I don't understand this guy. He had this arc in, what was it, book four or something? Yeah. He had that big, like, come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He, like, purged his body of his Senna addiction yeah. Uh-huh. And then like it's like none of that ever happened. Yeah, that's the that's the I don't like like we didn't get him. But then we get some of his backstory and we're like, "Okay, now it's starting to fall yeah. together a little bit." Yep. And then he he just about that same time is when he he dumped all the sin stuff and we're like, "Okay, cool." And then book 10, it really felt like he'd gone like super backwards, but we thought that was just because the book was misplaced yeah. basically. Yeah. And then all the stuff that happens here, I'm like, he didn't purge anything. Right. Nope. Like none of it. And it's like, but like, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Cause it's like, did he not purge it? Or does he just think that because she came with them and because he knew her in high school, that her actions, like she still needs to be part of their group. And I'm like, she literally cannot be any more awful. Like she's, she set the bar on awful characters to me. Mm-hmm. in scholastic books i'm looking yep. at you david but like i <laughs> yeah i don't i mean it just doesn't make sense and so i i can't i can't get a handle on that guy i don't understand i like to think that he just didn't get all this in a juju out of his system yeah he backslid somehow yeah yeah and i'm not sure when it happened or is it that same like heroic thing about him that he's like oh, i've got to save her even though she's evil <laughs> But I think it would be so much more interesting if he, like, struggled with that more or, like, went back on it, which he might still do. Yeah. But, like, I I, I loved the idea of him being like, okay, no, this person I was dating and thought I was in love with is actually, like, not only very toxic as a person, but, like, is actually going to get us killed, is going to get everyone in Everworld killed. Like, I have to make that call and be like, no more. You know what I mean? What 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 if that's what we're building towards though? What I mean, if it's yeah, the, it could be that that pivotal moment when it's all going to go bad and David has to pick up the 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 Earth gun or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 
But and maybe maybe he won't. Like maybe he'll be like, "Nope, sorry, I'm throwing in my lot with Senna." Bye. Yeah. And then it, to your point, Christopher is like, you know, oh David, if you're gonna ride into battle, which is clearly one sided, and everybody knows it, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna ride right in with you," and it's like. Bro, y'all have just discussed how terrible this is going to be, and y'all are just yep. shooting right in there like it's nothing. Yeah, that whole fucking thing was like, what are you doing? Yeah, which I guess we could start a recap, and then people will know <laughs> what we're talking about. I keep trying to hint around it without saying it, but... They're like Sin me, is... they haven't read the book. <laughs> Sin, is, Sin is trash. Senna is hot fucking garbage. Yeah. I wish somebody would just run her through with Galahad's sword already. But again, I, I I think that was part of my my expectations of the book is that she thought she was a big player in this evil game, but she was going to get out eviled and realize that she wasn't near evil. Oh, no. No, I was dead ass wrong. She's just a big pile of evil. And like, like not even like bad, you know, just straight up evil. Yeah. Senna is an anagram for evil. Mm-hmm. If you rearrange and change the letters. Yeah. If you change pretty much all the letters. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Rearrange all of them. Yeah. You maybe can get drop them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Quick aside and then recap. Yeah. I did have to point out to everybody on this call that when we checked into the hotel for Dragon Con, the lady that was checking us in, her name was Sally. Oh, it was. Oh, it was so wild. That was buck wild <laughs> she's the gateway yeah she was she was the gateway to the hotel for sure she was the gateway to the hotel she did give us keys i should have turned around and been like how's your mom and then like run out <laughs> oh no yeah what i should have done is just walk past senna at the hotel and just been like i know what you did and then just like walk on <laughs> loki is looking for you <laughs> I know what you did, Merlin, through book ten. I haven't read the last two books yet. Listen, we're two books behind, but we have one of them in the hotel room, so I'll find out a little bit more about what you did this weekend. <laughs> okay, shall I do this? Yeah. Yes, okay, Christopher is being tossed around in a damp, smelly mouth by a tongue the size of his own body. It is slippery and wet and disgusting, and he gets shoved between the teeth and the side of the cheek. He starts to panic and starts blindly thrashing and kicking until he finally manages to kick a tooth free. He grabs it and puts it on top of the teeth so that the giant bites his own tooth. Then he finds himself falling a long way before hitting the ground. He screams the fuck word, and suddenly he is back in the real world. He has just yelled, launched himself at his girlfriend's mother while she was carrying a chicken to the table for dinner, and is now at all fours on top of her panting like a dog while his girlfriend and her dad stare on in horror. After he is bodily chased out of the house, he finds himself back in Everworld. He is stinky and gross and covered in saliva and blood, and David's just standing there like, Hey man, you good? And then he hears a woman's voice say, Oh, the poor boy, I shall bathe him in the nearby stream. Christopher looks up and sees the most beautiful girl he's ever seen in his life, and he thinks, Yeah, a bath sounds good to me. And that's the first chapter. Okay, first of all, a... a a giant biting his own tooth is the most awful thing I've ever read in my life. This <laughs> really uh, uncomfortable. You win, Michael Grant. <laughs> you win. For some reason, that just really, really upset me to think about. Uh, the other thing is, is that if this were ever turned into any sort of like movie or TV show or whatever, 
that right there would be the best scene in the entire TV show. Is him in the mouth, then laying on his girlfriend's bomb, and then back into Everworld. Just to spit <laughs> up. Oh no! Because oh. that uh, that f bomb didn't make it in Everworld; it made it in the real world, and I just that would oh, be great man. to watch. So there was two things that I absolutely adored about this chapter. Um, one is the, the two thing I actually really liked and I love the description after he like went bodily into like the root canal of the tooth and pulled it up and like the blood just filled the mouth. And that's why the giant like finally was like, and like blood coming everywhere. The other thing was the way that they shoehorned in the fuck word description of like the four letter (laughs) word that Dave Chappelle would have said a lot in his stand up comedy from this particular era. Like it basically went into like, go to this set on YouTube, this timestamp. It was so good. Uh, You're a monster for liking that tooth thing. I love Uh, that tooth. I was like, yeah. Yeah. The other thing was uh, Christopher thinking about him like hiding in between the cheek and the gum, like, you know, like a piece of food. He's like, sooner or later, this giant's just going to figure out to use his finger. And I'm like, I hate all of this. Mm -mm. There was so much mouth talk. Yeah. Apparently that's a button for me. I didn't know until Michael Grant pointed it out for me. But and I blame him for this entire chapter. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was no trace of like honestly. One of my thoughts when reading that first chapter is there is no trace of Catherine here at no. all. Mm-hmm. No, it's a straight up horror. Yeah, as Ugh. soon as he bit the tooth, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a video game called Psychonauts that is one of my favorite games of all time, and they came out with the sequel a couple years ago, and the first level is like a dentist's office. And it's just, like, teeth everywhere Mm. and mouths and gums and shit. And, like, they had put a disclaimer at the beginning of the game saying, like, hey, like, here's a couple, like, trigger warnings. Like, and one of them was teeth. And I was like, this wouldn't be so bad. But when I got to that level, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I learned something about myself. Right? Why was this such a hidden thing that is only awoken awakened awoken in us through media Ugh, i don't know i hate it did i tell you how jenna and i terrorized our tattoo artist Ooh, no. yeah so when we were there jenna and i casually started a discussion about how your bones are wet like right now like your bones are currently are wet and then i followed it up with well you know that your teeth aren't even actually bones it's modified skin what and our yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember but me and my son were listening to i think one of those science podcasts and Uh they were talking about bones and then they talked about teeth and they talked about them separately and i was like wait my skeleton like if i were just a skeleton right now i would have teeth teeth or bones aren't they and he was like i don't think so and i was like i don't I, what? 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 Yeah, it's modified skin, baby. No. No. Enjoy your hard skin. No. Modified skin is a terrible band name. <laughs> modified skin romance. Oh. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> My oh, sky in band. <laughs> I hate 
that phrase. Yeah, it's not. So our tattoo artist also did not like anything that we were saying to the point where she's like literally sitting there going like, (laughs) (laughs) we're like, okay, we're going to stop talking about how wet our bones are now. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, are they wet because of the blood? Yeah, like because all inside your body is wet. So your bones are wet. Okay, I mean, that makes sense. That's not horrifying. The modified skin thing, though, I don't... No, okay, you know what? The concept of wet bones is not gross. The phrase, the saying of it is, yeah, is... (laughs) You don't don't want me to say that you got wet bones? (laughs) No, no, don't. Moist. Yeah, Why did everybody turn off the podcast 25 minutes in? <laughs> right. This is our least downloaded episode. Why? <laughs> this is all your fault, Michael Grant. I feel like this is the one that I will send to him directly. Like, listen, this is right up your alley, man. <laughs> You're going to love this shit. We talk about wet bones. You know I what? Think... Oh, go ahead, Casey. I think. We're not used to the idea of wet bones because we only encounter skeletons in like labs and shit. Yeah, yeah. So and they're they're all dried out and shit. I, I made it through like sixty some odd animorphs books, and I was like, none of those were that. But one tooth crunch, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. One giant biting his own tooth, and you're like, yeah. it's over. But it was like it was like biting a tooth is bad. Biting a removed tooth in between two other tooths. I was like, I can't <laughs> like, deal with this. This is this is an experience I've had in my lifetime. Uh-uh. It's Ugh. fine. It's, it's a not... little it's a little spooky. It's a little spooky no. when it happens, especially it's if it's not... unexpected. It's, <laughs> it's not fun. Like if you okay, is it like you know, diamonds can only cut themselves? <laughs> is it like that? <laughs> no, it's like, like any it's like any time that you bite into a food where there's like a hard chunk of something that you don't expect, but like it's like more porcelainy. Like your teeth like grind on it, like in the way where you're like, oh God, this is real bad. I should have left when Casey did. <laughs> we, should, we should put a warning at the beginning of it. <laughs> Oofa The more stunning part to me was like, I knew quickly what had happened because like you you feel the the break happens within your bones like you feel that in your jawbone not your modified what? skin in your jawbone you can feel the like the shatter happen the scary part is like for me it was like what do i do next because like i know that there's a place you can go when you have a medical thing that happens that you need to quickly resolve but is that true of dentists and i found out Yes, dentists also do emergency calls. If you call them and you're like, hey, this wild shit just happened to me. They'll be like, yeah, sure, we'll fit you in like today. Wow. And I I never knew that. that. Yeah, I didn't either until it happened. And I was like, I legitimately don't know what to do. I did not know where that story was going. And I was ready to To absolutely figure out how to mute you and just, (laughs) okay, chapter two, Casey, because I can't deal with whatever Alex is talking about. Instead, it's just solid life advice. You can call the dentist in an emergency (laughs) and they'll fit you in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or they they actually do have emergency numbers too. Like if you go on a weekend or whatever, they'll like have a referral number sometimes in their voice message. This is 
being dentist advice with me. <laughs> I'm very close with my dentist, as this story may <laughs> have made you understand. Did it involve you getting punched in the face by a horse? Not this one. No. Okay. I, this is the worst part. I was eating fucking bread, and my tooth was like, mm, nope. You just hit, hit the eject button. It did. It pretty much. It was like, <laughs> I'm out. So, yeah. That was that one. Okay. This one's short because it's the This Is Everworld chapter, blah, blah, blah. David has a huge stick up his ass, but he has saved Christopher and the others many times. Jaleel is a goody two shoes, but Christopher kind of likes him now, mainly because Senna hates him and Christopher hates Senna. April is hot and nice and funny, and Christopher knows he has no chance with her, but he keeps giving it a shot anyway until he sees her. Her name is Etienne. Etienne? I don't know. I looked nope. it up. I read it Etienne. Etienne. Like that fucking guy from fucking Frontlines. Yeah. Ugh. I would I would pretty much read it as Etienne. 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 Georgia. Etienne. That's how we read things. There are some some fun pronunciations later in this book. Mm-hmm. Which I did catch most of from listening to the Iron Druid Chronicles because there's a lot of crossover there. But <gasps> there's druids in it. Yeah. <laughs> they find themselves on a scruffy little beach surrounded by bluffs and a rolling countryside, sheep and stone fences, and a town and a castle in the distance. Christopher bathes himself in a freezing brook while Etain cleans his clothes for him. She has the kind of laugh that makes everyone laugh along with her, except Senna, who sucks. It becomes obvious that the giant is under Etain's control, and Etain makes him apologize for trying to eat Christopher. The giant, Lorg, does so with a bow. Christopher's like, no worries, dude, I'm gonna have PTSD for the rest of my life, but it's all good. David is like, so where are we exactly? And Etain is like, you're in Ireland, baby! And April is like, finally my time has come! The kids introduce themselves to Etain, and she's like, Oh, hey, it's Galahad's sword, so he is dead. There were rumors. Anyway, you must join us for dinner at my father's house. Senna is like, actually, we need to be on our way. And she goes to touch Etain casually. But then there was a blur, and there are three fairies pointing their bows at Senna. Etain just kind of, like, stares at her for a few minutes, smiling and being kind of creepy and doing kind of a power move thing. And she's like, okay, fairies, that's enough. I don't think this creature meant to harm the daughter of the king. Just fucking drop that in there. The fairies fuck off and Etain's like, let's go pick berries on our way to the castle. Hooray! And she skips off down the road. Jaleel is like, hey, Christopher, your boner's showing. And the kids walk with her and Christopher can sense that the fairies are definitely still around, watching closely. That's what I got. Oh, I, Ireland is, well, I shouldn't say Ireland. Everworld Ireland is Everworld is I know they say this in the book that it's easily their favorite place but this is easily my favorite place in Everworld like it's like without question this is the place where I'd be like yep uh, I'm staying here (laughs) my favorite part of Casey's recap was that the way that you worded something made me think of Tim Gunn saying it in Project Runway, and it was, okay, fairies, that's enough. And I just heard it in Tim Gunn's voice because I could hear him at the end of the challenge, like, okay, fairies, that's enough. <laughs> what happened to Andre? <laughs> no, it was... It Make was, it work. 
Definitely your boner is showing. That was that was very good as well. That that <laughs> sums up so many emotions from that chapter. From every Christopher book, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Etain. 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 Okay, so they're walking and they see, wait for it, a telephone pole. Well, it's technically a telegraph, according to Jaleel. Etain's like, yeah, isn't that cool? Wee! And she starts explaining about the spirit called electricity that runs along the pole faster than a fairy can fly. And the kids are all like, well, our bad. Etain is like, oh, you guys were the ones that did that. That's so cool. But Christopher catches that she has a shrewd look in her eye and she makes a subtle gesture with her finger down by her side. And Christopher thinks that it has something to do with Senna. Etain starts telling them about how they are prophets bringing enlightenment and knowledge from the old world. She talks about her old gods and how the city is a beautiful place of lands and elves and fairies and druids and they've had peace for 200 years and their peace was largely handled by Merlin. Senna stops in her tracks when she hears that name. Etain explains that all of this is Merlinshire and she's so excited for these new prophets to teach them their ways. All Christopher can think about is how hot Etain is and how he is but a simple man and he's pretty sure he's in love. A simple kind of man. So uh, certain things that we had pegged to happen, like the telegraph was like a good lead into it. Like our whole bit about Jaleel's kindness. I know it's not done. The story's not done, but it did not go the way that I thought it was going to. Like, I thought that that was going to build up to cause chaos, but it seems like all the stuff they've introduced to Everworld hasn't been the the problem see i've always thought our jaleel's kindness bit was specifically in giving the chemistry book away and Mm -hmm. not the deal with the fairies for the telegraph right i don't know why i uh, thought it was yes the chemistry book but the the ability to to create firearms to the coup hatch was i thought the 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 end result of it and we'll we'll talk That's, more about that i felt like that was recap, part two yeah sure that was like part two of of jaleel's but, kindness yeah but i all i sort of like lumped it all together and i just assumed that the creating the firearms in everworld was going to be the cause of a whole bunch of problems yes mm-hmm. i mean yes but i think okay one last point the yeah. reason I lumped together the chemistry and the firearms and not the telegraph is because the second they handed that textbook over, they said, well, they could, they have all the, the knowledge now to create guns. They specifically called out guns yeah. in yeah. that moment. Right. I'm just saying, I'm not including the telegraph in this. I'm making okay. arguments for my it's own. certainly less harmful okay. immediately. Yeah, 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 sure. Maybe. Sure bodily harm but the pen is mightier than the sword that's and true the telegraph is mightier than the machine gun yes as the saying goes yes i don't think that's kind of harm i don't think anybody's ever said that before you'd be surprised I'm, I'm, i might be yeah i might be the first time i try to sound smart and be like the telegraph is mightier than the machine gun and everybody's like what hmm? what and you'd be like it's the modern day saying of the pen is mightier yeah. than the sword where have you been god what to eat? What to eat? <laughs> I kind of feel like, so I think we had talked about that Everworld isn't quite finished. Like, like the series was supposed to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think we're going to really start to like, I don't know how well they're going to try and wrap things up. Like you think the, the, the seeds that were planted with Jaleel's kindness maybe yeah. didn't get executed think, the way. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be one of the things that's kind of like unresolved that maybe they had plans for it down the road, but yeah, it just makes didn't sense. get a chance to get realized. That's my guess. Nope. That makes sense. Do do do. Uh, they follow the telegraph pole, which follows the road, which eventually leads them to a port town. The telegraph wires run to a forest of windmills, and beyond the town is a rocky promontory. Promontory? I used to think this word was promontory, but I don't think that's a word. <laughs> anyway, castle. There's a castle. That's cool. And and what's also cool is that there's a weird light coming out of the windows, and Jaleel can tell it's electricity because the lights aren't flickering like a candle would. Christopher notices that the townsfolk are not scared or starving like they had previously seen, and the streets are nice and clean, and there's even a cable car! There's a fucking cable car! Jaleel starts, like, cackling to himself as he beholds all of this modern technology. They walk to the town square and they see a man who is dressed differently than the other townsfolk. He's wearing layers of blue robes. Etain is like, that's Darun the Younger, he's a druid. By the way, I'm also a druid. And she explains that the druids have different, like, guilds. Green druids are concerned with the land and living things. Blue druids are concerned with academia. Red druids are advisors to kings and ambassadors. Black druids follow the stars and the seasons. And the newest members are the yellow druids, who handle technology. Christopher has another boner over how hot she is, and they fuck off. Darun the druid invented Sandstorm. Oh my god! I didn't even make that connection! Okay, also, I had another thought... Um, you know how uh, Michael Grant and Catherine Applegate are writers of literature? Yeah. So you remember in this cable car, how on the side of it, there was a bunch of like satyrs and everything painted in gilded forms and like, you know, like raunchy sort of scenes, like raunchy adjacent scenes. Yeah. Was this a very long form streetcar named Desire Joke? Wow. Holy shit. Wow. Oh, didn't get that one. Oh, <laughs> I don't know oh. that they meant it. I love that. Casey, I feel like you really liked it. Tim, I feel like you're disappointed in me. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. When the cable car went by, I know they described what it looked like, but I couldn't help but imagine that it had an advertisement for a lawyer on the side of it. Like a little, little druid lawyer. One Have you been injured in a magical accident? <laughs> You may be entitled to a lump sum. Yeah. Did the giant lorg accost you upon entering this island? Yeah. <laughs> a class action lawsuit. That's what I imagine. Little park benches with lawyer advertisements on them. <laughs> Fucking like real estate agents and shit. JG Wentworth just walks by. With his little... seven seven cash now. <laughs> <laughs> with a Viking behind him for some reason singing opera. <laughs> They could get an actual Eric Corcra for the general, like, buy from the general and save some time. <laughs> yeah, I want more ads. I want more Everworld ads. More Ever ads, if you will. More ads world. Adverworld? Adverworld. Adverworld. Yeah, we're oh. just, they've got the telegraph. We're just a couple of days from commercials, I think. Minutes. We're minutes, minutes from commercials. Oh, you know, it'd be so fun. I don't want to do this, um, but, like, you know how some... <laughs> <laughs> you know it'd be fun it'd be fun for you not for me yeah. you know it'd be really fun for you to do and to bring it to me 
<laughs> I would <laughs> I would like to be a consumer of this, not the producer. <laughs> you know, some places make those like fake travel posters. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see a series of that forever world. Oh. Our so corner. No, Tim, we just said nope, we just nope. said <laughs> like I've honestly no, this is what we need for our corner. Um, I've been trying to figure out how I was going to convince y'all to make Dungeon Crawler Carl art for our corner. So this this works just as well. This will fill my my need. I would hang up 100% hang up an Everworld travel poster in my house. Somebody get on that. Somebody else. <laughs> Outsourcing this. Singing trees and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do like one per book. Slaughtered or, sheep. Like yeah. You can have a beautiful like fairyland with satyr legs running in the background. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. I would probably I like just it. do a massive boat for Atlantis. Just go real hard yeah. on the boats. Oh, it would be cool if it were like a boat in the foreground and then like a giant fucking like Neptune like on the on the that horizon. That would be cool as hell. Or even below the water, like the Jaws poster. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the boat and Neptune is Jaws. Okay, uh, now we've skewed like, movie posters. <laughs> a really, really like epic looking castle with a wall in front of it. And then <laughs> on the top of that wall is Merlin and he's controlling animated corpses <laughs> to do battle. Okay, I thought you were going to go a completely different direction with that. Where did you think I was going to go? I thought you were going to say a really, like, beautiful, epic castle, like, centered, taking up, like, a lot of it. But it's a tall image. Mm-hmm. And at the longer that you stare at it, it looks like it's on a black background. But the more you look at it, the more you realize it's just a really, like, low saturation of the dragon. Uh, what's his name? Not Hod. Nidogger. Hod- Nidogger. And, like, it was just his massive, massive... So you would only get, like, the slits ah, of his okay. eyes and his nose behind yeah. this castle. That's and pretty it, good. Yeah, that'd be cool. Fuck yeah. yeah. It would be cool if you did that, Alex. Damn it. It would be cool if I did that. <laughs> Me, specifically. But I would like to be a consumer of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why everybody should send us... <laughs> travel posters ideas and then you could watch our corner and watch these two oh make them. that'd be cool that would be awesome hell yeah yeah okay. anonymous anonymous at gmail.com send them send them to me or if you're on our discord stay in discord tag tim yep all right they go to town in the castle they meet attain's father whose name is king camulos and he is perpetually smoking cigars and therefore he looks exactly like michael grant in my mind <laughs> attain's mother uh, I'm gonna fuck this up. Goywin works for me. Goywin. That was the I- most southern sounding thing. Goy. <laughs> no, sorry, New York. Goywin. 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 Hey, I'm walking here. Yeah, no. that's New York. You know, you know how I pronounce that word? Huh? Etain's mom. Etain's mom. Yeah. Okay, but make an attempt. Uh, it, Goywin. <laughs> I like it. Goywin. I like it. So my cousin Goywin. Go, Wayne. Go, Wayne. <laughs> okay, well, I'll pronounce it. It'll come out of my mouth in the way that it does, and we'll all be happy with that. Okay, anyway, Goy Wayne is a beautiful Lord of the Rings type elven woman 
Christopher thinks he could get along with his future father-in-law and have a laugh, but that the mother would be much colder and he would defer meekly to her. There's also a druid there named Fios, and he's weird. They all have a nice dinner, and April doesn't have to eat meat anymore, and Christopher gets drunk with the king, and it's all a good fucking time. They talk about how Galahad's dead, and he was a cool dude, and then Fios is like, how did you guys get here to Everworld? David immediately lies and says that they don't know. Christopher knows that they know that David is lying, and David apparently consensus too because he starts like babbling and then he's like well actually we w- like woke up here and then we did this thing and then actually we're trying to do this thing and and we actually went here and blah 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 and he's just like digging himself into a bigger hole and everybody's like i wish you weren't so fucking awkward bud <laughs> etain's like well anyway you guys can totally stay here if you want and christopher tries to be smooth and he's like oh my god this place is so awesome it's so nice and everybody here is so nice and i love it here and all the ladies are just so beautiful And Etain seems charmed by this, but her mom is like, who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) Dinner concludes. They promise to meet up with Fios and some of his druid friends in the morning. And Christopher still loves Etain. Still. (laughs) Hasn't wavered. Like I said, this this sounds like like the place to be. Yeah. Like just sort of like no, no contest with anywhere else that we've been. I don't know. I could do Egypt. Hmm. I don't think so. It's so not as good. But like, you're right. It. I'd touch a cat and touch my face. Never mind. <laughs> Egypt's out. <laughs> the cat would eat your face. That's fine. They deserve it. They worked hard. They're starving. It's a federal offense. <laughs> <laughs> There's no white eyed vireos in Egypt, probably. You never know. It's Everworld. What to eat, man? Yeah. Imagine going to Everworld and that's what fucks you up the most. You're like, oh my god, the robins here, they have the eastern lack of spots on their trailing edge of their <laughs> tail feathers, and that is insane to me. And they're like, we're fucking, there's a pyramid, and we're in the jungle, and there's a god made of jellyfish. And I'd be like, oh my god, it's so weird to see like the fucking Harris Hawk this far north. Oh I can't believe it. This is exactly, exactly what it would be like. Being in Everworld with Alex, like yeah. 100%. Yeah, I need the ornithologist book of Everworld. I would like to be a consumer of that. <laughs> can I just can I just talk to the listeners for a second? Yeah, yeah, sure. I suppose. Okay. I just remembered this, listeners. Alex blew her nose before this episode started, and it sounded exactly like, I don't know why I wanted to share that with you, but I did. Okay, we can go back on with the podcast now. I was really worried I was going to get through a whole episode and not let everybody know that it sounds like <laughs> whenever I'm you blow your nose. Sorry, I missed the mute button, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like, like honestly, like she was faking it. Like she just like was holding the Kleenex up to her nose and going. I was faking it the whole time. I have my bones not wet. Totally dry. <laughs> Everything in here, totally dry. I'm faking blowing my nose for your benefit. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Newsflash. Christopher is in love with Etain. He's seen some shit, like humans marching up to a pyramid to be sacrificed, and men being tortured by hell, and his boyfriend, I mean friend, Ganymede, getting eaten by Kaanor. He figures he's so obsessed with Etain because she is the only beautiful thing in his stressful, terrible life. Technically, both of his lives. 
Also, it's definitely love and not lust because he's not only obsessing about her body, but also her face and her laugh and all that mushy, irrelevant stuff that dudes don't normally think about. He was awake in bed thinking about how love is this instantaneous spark thing that you can't explain, and he hears yelling. Etain is at his door, and she's like, Hey, so Lorg is dead. He was killed by some weird magic that I've never seen before. Christopher follows her and notices that while everyone else is being roused out of bed, she came to him specifically, and he feels good about that for the moment. They head out front where horses are being prepared for them. The king shows up and he's like, Give him hell, daughter, and throws a sword at her. It spins in the air and she catches it like a badass. The blade glows blue, presumably because orcs are close. Senna has to take a chariot because she sucks, and they all ride out into the night. And they finally come across Lorg, who is flat on his back dead. He's being guarded by a platoon of fairies, and they're like, We don't know what's wrong with him. All of his limbs are in place, and there's no obvious cuts. Etain is like, Shut up, I'm trying to be sad. And April says a prayer, and Etain likes it, and Christopher gets jealous of this for some reason. Jaleel is like, Hey, I want to look at the body. Christopher helps him up onto the giant, and Jaleel is like, Hey, look at all these tiny holes. That's not great. Hey, everybody spread out and look for small cylinders made of brass. David's like, wait a minute. That's not true. That's impossible. And a fairy finds one of the brass cylinders. Jaleel explains that it is a bullet casing from an automatic weapon that somebody shot the hell out of the giant. Dun, dun, dun. This is the chapter in this book. Like, okay, we talk about how we want Christopher to grow as a person. This is the chapter when you read it and you're like, God damn it, we've gotten nowhere. Like, you don't understand yourself. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to talk about people. You don't know how to think. Like, he just said a lot of stuff in this chapter when I was like, God damn it, Christopher. <laughs> I really thought we were making ground. Well, and like, in a way, I think, because this was, I believe, the chapter where it was introduced that like, he isn't the same Christopher that he is in the real world. And I do, I liked the idea that he was still like, he didn't want to go back because he was not proud of himself in the real world. Mm -hmm. And that gives me more hope for him. And like, he is different in a way that is softer and less, less horrible or maybe horrible in a different way. Yeah. There's something there's something there that's more redeemable in my mind, just gut feel. Have we improved? Yes. Are we to a reasonable standard of No. No. <laughs> and that's the part that sort of like deflated me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but he's gone from like an F to like a D minus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I suppose. He like, didn't say anything racist in his headcanon yeah. of drilling uh, over Etain. Uh, that I remember. Maybe he yeah, did. He, I don't fucking he know. Did, he and did. T, listen, he's trying to make emotional connections versus his first book where he said he didn't care about anybody and women were just things to him. So he's starting to think they might be a, not, I guess not a person, but like, you know, alive, not objects. <laughs> he, um, he did use a phrase. Oh. Yeah, that I didn't, I didn't love. But like, was it wet bones? No, it was not wet bones. Wet bones. All right. Well, I retract everything I said. He still sucks. Yeah. Okay. He's the worst. But, and it's not even like the fact that he just used a term that wasn't great. It was who he used the term about, and oh, was it 
when he called Ganymede a poof? Yes. Okay, yeah, I did forget about like, that. I'm like, dude, dude, like, we all know, like, stop. Yeah. I had no recollection of that at all. Yeah. Ah, oh, Christopher. That, like, jumped off the page and punched me in the face because I've, like, I've been trying to, like, advocate for you for so long, but it's like, you need to figure yourself out and you need to figure out what emotions that person caused in you. Yeah. That's a that's a big one. You need those. to figure out what emotions that person caused in you. That's yeah. That's the message. That's the take home right there. You are bi and it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Fuck face. This Fucking is disgrace. Uh, Fucking embarrassing. Bye. And then bye, Marco's yeah. so much better. Yeah. 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 Marco's a dream. The way that he's like, well, clearly this is you know, just just understanding himself, like the, clearly, this is how I feel about Etain, because, and I was like, none of what you just said, none. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I love a girl because she's not. I like more than just her boobs. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> really. It's dumb. listen. It's not good. But again, at least he's <laughs> not like. Um, at least it, he's recognizing yeah. her as a. Being of some sort, lesser, sure, but a being. <laughs> Do you think Christopher would have a different opinion if she was endorsed by a man? Yeah, I think he would definitely like her so much more if she were endorsed so, by a man. Okay, so she doesn't actually have to be endorsed by a man. She could just wear a t-shirt that said endorsed by a man. Where could I and buy such just, a t-shirt? Uh, at DuckDuckJenna.com. Um, it's great for fooling the lesser intelligent people in the world they'll just see the shirt and they won't question it anymore well they shouldn't question it because i legitimately was endorsed by a man <laughs> that shirt's a goof i'm not an asshole <laughs> just for anybody who didn't get that i got the tie-dye version of that shirt oh my god <laughs> i just the anxiety that i feel about the idea of wearing that shirt in public <laughs> and having someone come up to me and be like, what does your shirt mean? Oh, <laughs> it means you're a dickball. Oh. Don't ask me. No, no, no. My friends, let me tell you, I have an exact game plan for this. I will okay. then begin to tell them, listen, this is part of an awesome media track that you need to go watch. Go to YouTube.com. <laughs> look up DC Digital Media. I was on several panels there. I'm famous. I'm not, but I'm going to say that to them because they're approaching me in a grocery store. They deserve to be lied to. So I'm going to be like, hey, I'm famous. You should watch all my shit. Then we send them to DuckDuckJenna.com where they can buy the shirt. Then I'm going to send them to all of our Patreons, which... Mm-hmm. I'll give him my link tree. Let's be honest. I'm probably carrying yeah. a flyer in my wallet. I'll take it out, hand it to him, be like, here's my link tree. Here's how to find all my shit. Then they, we have a new plan. They listen to all of our stuff. They come to us five years down the road when they finally got through all of the free media we've created for everybody. They get to this episode. They hear this scheme right now. <laughs> then they email us. They're like, what the fuck? You weren't famous the whole time. And this is how they find out. Look at that oh long form prank. <laughs> Fucking rabbit hole come find me grocery store person who i haven't met yet i'm already doing a future goof on you (laughs) (laughs) got him 
I do like the idea of someone walking up to me and saying, what does your shirt mean? And I just hand them like a business card <laughs> and don't say anything and just walk away. There's something very powerful about that. That's extremely powerful. Hmm. Oh, this is hard though. Cause is the business card our stuff or is it the man who yeah. we were endorsed by? <laughs> oh, That's we're both. One side is the link tree. The other side, the man, the myth, the legend himself yeah <laughs> oh gotta get some business cards made we'll do it i'm so excited i'm so excited <laughs> for this shirt i do love the idea of an argument being won by the endorsed by a man t-shirt like you just like walking in and doing something you're not allowed to do <laughs> you can't do that just to hold up the endorsed by a man shirt and just mm, i sure can sure can it just says i can do what i want <laughs> I gotta tell you, when that argument was used against me, I it was won. It was yeah. not by me. I was like, you know what? Yeah. All right. Should we just tell this story again instead of making people go find it on Horse Girls? Yeah, probably. Okay. So, as some of you might know, Casey and I were recently at Dragon Con, and so was Tim. And uh, there was this panel that was done called Female Presenting in the Digital Space, and... I was on that panel and I said words and I didn't think they were particularly insightful, but you know, they, they were, were they, they were. Yeah. They were. That was, was a great panel. panel. Yeah. So afterwards, beautiful, wonderful. I love him to death. Mike Crignola came up to me. Wonderful man. He is on t- say his podcast, Tim. All in of addition, in addition, but what's the sports one? Oh, swoon tower. Swoon Tower. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I, that was the one I didn't know. I knew in addition, yeah. but I was like, Tim will know the sports one. He's on that. Uh, he's wonderful. He's a beautiful, kind person. So please, all of this was done as a goof, and it was wonderful, and I laughed so very hard. But he came up afterwards to tell me what a great job I did and like how it was wonderful and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't think I did that great. Like, you know, it was fine. And he said... I said you did good, and I am a man, and therefore I am right. (laughs) And I never laughed so hard. (laughs) So anyways, if you want to be endorsed by a man, we have shirts for that. (laughs) Holy buckets. Should wear that shirt to the female presenting panel next year. (laughs) Oh, oh if I'm God. on it, if I'm on it, I am buying the one that name drops him specifically and I'm wearing it. Oh my God. <laughs> that is God tier. You gotta do it. How do you deal with no one listening to you because you're a woman? I'm endorsed by a man. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> so good. So stupid. <laughs> Should I keep going? Yes. Yes. The sun rises over the crime scene, and the king and his personal army, the the Fianna, have shown up. A bunch of druids also show up, and the blue druids start dissecting the body. Jaleel and the others explain guns and bullets and such to them. A fairy comes by and tells the king that they found a small fishing boat with two dead fishermen in it just offshore. The kids have a sidebar, sans Senna, upon which David is like, Hey, so someone has a fucking machine gun, and I'm pretty sure all these people think that we're responsible somehow. April and Christopher are like, yeah, I wonder who's behind all of this. Hmm, who could it be? Hmm, yes, it's a mystery. 
Senna is standing off by herself, pacing around deep in thought. The head of the Fianna, a guy named McCool, is watching them with the gaze of a cop. And because Senna is Senna, and everyone else is a fucking idiot for taking their eyes off of her, they look back to where she was, and now she's gone. Hooray! McCool yells for everybody to find her, and the fairies start flying around. April... Blah. April goes over to Etain, and David tries to stop her. April tells Etain that Senna is a shapeshifter, and Etain is like, What? You should have fucking told me that last night. And Christopher is like, yeah, sorry, we lied to you quite a bit. Senna dragged us here because she's a gateway and she sucks. April adds that, yeah, don't let her touch you because anybody she touches, she can control. David starts having a full meltdown screaming temper tantrum about how Senna is one of them and they all have to stick together. And Jaleel gets right up in his face and he's like, someone is here in Everworld with a fucking machine gun. And then he has a lightning strike moment of realization. He's like, oh my god, of course that's what she's going to do. A gateway goes both ways. David is like, shut up, Jaleel. And Jaleel is like, what, you knew all this time? And April and Christopher are like, what the fuck is going on? And Jaleel says, Santa's plan is to open a gateway and bring people here. People with guns. She's going to take Everworld by force with her own personal army. So am I the only one that cast Jonathan Taylor Thomas as McCool? I thought it was the crime dog, so I just pictured a giant oh, dog. that's good, too. That's <laughs> McGruff. Good too. Uh, I couldn't help, like, every time I read McCool, <laughs> Jeremy Jason McCool kept popping up. Oh, Jeremy Jason like, McCool. McCool. Yeah, and I was like, ah, that's oh not right. God. But God, it, it, like, I can't turn my brain off from doing it, you know? Oh, my God. I was just so, confused because, yeah. like, isn't Mac Scottish and Mick is Irish? I have honestly never. Not, not a clue. Yeah, it could not tell you at all. Okay. I literally only know dumb facts. About how teeth are gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> teeth gross. are gross. <laughs> yeah, teeth are gross. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of the crime dog just walking around. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been also that they were solving crimes. So I did like, I read McCool and I immediately thought McCool the crime dog because they're doing a forensic files kind of jam. It's like everybody is like these like elven like looking like people and then just an animated dog in a trench coat (laughs) walks up. Exactly what I pictured. (laughs) Says only you can prevent forest fart. That's not right. Oh, no, I had the same thought. I had the same thought. (laughs) Wait. He just runs into Smokey the Bear. What? No. Okay, this is getting into, like, Roger Rabbit territory, though, right? Like, like, or Cool World or whatever the fuck that movie was. You remember that movie? Oh, yeah, that was Cool World. Yeah. Yeah, the Brad Pitt one. Oh. Okay. Why did I think it was Tom Cruise? Anyway, yeah, you're right, Brad Pitt. Yeah, so there's an animated world where there's no gods. Everyone's a cartoon. (laughs) <laughs> and everybody has a cartoon version of, of themselves. Just... Okay. What if they do an Everworld TV series animated and yeah. every single god and world and thing in that sector is animated in a specific style and all of them start Ooh. mixing as they travel through. <gasps> that would be so world. fucking cool. Okay. <sighs> like animated or... in the style of the. Of yes. The... Oh, that's of so cool. Where they're from. Or, yes. or, Everworld is completely animated, gods and everything. The only thing that's not animated are 
these what is it four or five kids yes yes okay, okay. Yes. Uh, ex- yeah Fucking right and they're master. all walking through and it's 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 really like it's really interesting star wars until they meet brigid and brigid who is in the real world is also animated oh my god and then jaleel the entire time is like are you telling me that you don't see the difference but everybody else acts as if brigid looks exactly the same <laughs> and so jaleel is the only one that can see oh my god mm-hmm I mean, that's extremely cool. And it's also an extremely cool, like, audience, like, in the know, like, where they, there's a magic that stops them from seeing them yeah. animated. But the audience is like, no, what are you doing? And then, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that could be so amazing. It would especially be hilarious to have, like, a very realistic scene of, like, David driving his car and, like, pulling yeah. over. And then yeah. the window rolling down is just, like a weird like maid with like the big nose and the big white like hat like like it would be buck wild it looks like angela lansbury in the last unicorn yes exactly Mm -hmm. where were you when i was young how dare you Wait, that wasn't one? Angela Lansbury's character. I just wanted that to be the interaction. <laughs> she, she was she was the witch that ran the circus that caught the unicorn. That was oh right. Yeah. I Ma- Mommy you. Fortuna was that? Yeah, her name? Ma- yeah, Fortuna. Fortuna. Yeah. She was like, "This harpy will kill me one day." But that's not as funny to say because that could happen in Everworld. Yeah. Imagine if it was instead. Uh, what was her name? Start with an M. Molly. Molly, if it was instead Molly who yeah. just like starts cursing David when he shows up. That would oh be a little God. fun Easter egg for our animated <gasps> Everworld movie if a harpy comes down and eats Bobby Fortuna. Okay, but the singing trees could be the booby tree. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Casey, I never got to did you did you listen to that episode, the last unicorn episode that we did? No. Okay, let me tell you my theory because you are deep in Dimension 20 right now and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. The hardest fucking line that was ever dropped in an animated movie was in The Last Unicorn when that boob tree was hugging the magician and said, the love of a tree is so important because it's eternal. It will last forever when you are nothing but dust and bone. The love of the tree will endure that's some Brennan Lee Mulligan fucking yeah. shit that that goddamn boob tree dropped. Okay, Holy but God. it it lands super different. Yes, it does. Yeah. In, the, in the movie than, yeah. than the way you just Context. presented it. Yeah. yeah, right. Because I was saying it to you in the words that were said, which are yeah. hard as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and the man. tree is like the love tree will love you forever. And then look at my boobs. <laughs> Is it Schmendrick? Schmendrick the magician. Schmendrick is just like, oh god, I'm being hugged by a tree. Like his his delivery is just there's something on the wing. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way you've seen that episode of Twilight Zone. No, uh, Ace Ventura quoted it. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I was like, that was a really good William (laughs) Shatner. Like every other fact I know, it is from Ace Ventura. <laughs> oh, I forgot that was Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Oh, wait, that was a Prince guy. Yeah, Jeff Bridges Alan was a Prince guy. Alan Arkin. Yes. Holy God. And it's like the most monotone character ever. Like every line in his delivery, it's like nothing is actually happening to that guy. Oh. 
I would love to be the Schmendrick of any any animated no. film. I, I, so you're, your Jim Carrey is a pretty good William Shatner. That's what I've learned here. Your Jim Carrey impression is. I think that what that says is Jim Carrey did a great job of doing an impression of William Shatner. <laughs> we have to watch some old Twilight Zone episodes. Are you sure that we don't have to watch Ace Ventura? <laughs> yeah, we should probably watch both. Because if I were you, then you'd be me and I'd use your body to get to the top. <laughs> the Monsters Are Due on Maple Street is a very good episode of TV. It's a Twilight Zone episode. It's very good. And there's the one with Burgess Meredith. There's some really good episodes and you need to watch them. Okay. We should make okay. a playlist. Yeah. Like what we need to do is we need to stop fucking around, make this Patreon content somewhere. And it's nothing to do with what we do on a show. It's just, you're making me watch media that I should know. Oh, Dude. we should absolutely do that. Oh, we should. Alex gets caught up. My pet the first alien. Thing, the first thing we're going to watch is the 1986 animated Transformers movie. Obviously. I can't like, wait. It is a tragedy that you saw the Cybertronic Spree before you've seen this movie. Okay. Can I explain how baffled I was by that entire experience? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you don't so, know, Cybertronic Spree? Yes. Is a, is a band. Yes. And what... What I was told was Tony P said to Tam, have you ever seen the 1986 animated movie Transformers? The experience is like that. No, that was not what was said. This is what I heard fourth hand. Like fourth hand. Like I wasn't even close to this conversation that was happening. And so then everybody's like, we got to go see this thing. And I didn't understand it was music. I didn't know what we were (laughs) doing. I just knew we were going to an experience. That was similar to the experience of the 1986 animated movie Transformers. So, like, when we walked in, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand why there was a stage. I didn't know why people were buying shirts. I didn't understand that a band was going to play. And then they all came out, and they were dressed as robots. And I was like, all right. And then they played ACDC, and I'm like, I know less about what's happening now. (laughs) So... Me, by the way, she said people are buying shirts. I'm people. There was more than just you. There was a line. <laughs> but so Tony P says that he's going to see Cybertronic Spree. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And he's like, have you ever seen the animated Transformers movie? And of course, I have a meltdown at the end of which he looks at me and he's like, OK, like all jokes aside, like for real, have you seen that movie? And I'm like, it's absolutely like it changed. Refer to every episode we've ever done. Yeah, right. The yeah. show with you. He's like, well, you need to go see it. They dress up as Transformers and play music from the movie. And I was like, well, I absolutely need to go see that. And then as soon as we get in there, one guy walks out and he's dressed like Unicron. And I was like, well, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And they did play the Pokemon theme song. Oh, we went hard to the Pokemon theme song. Yeah, absolutely did. And it was amazing. It was one of the best things I've seen in a while. But it's a tragedy that you've seen that and you haven't seen the 1986 animated transformers movie so that patreon content here we go alex gets caught up we would never run out of things to talk about god no yeah there's so much media do you know how many batman movies i'm gonna have to watch pronounce media 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 there's so much media oh my god i'm sure people will want to know your thoughts on some of the things that they loved when they were younger they will not well maybe they will yeah I guess that is kind of the premise of what we're doing here, huh? Yeah, it kind of is. Speaking of what we're doing here. Much like the streetcar named Desire in the town of Everwood, (laughs) we have derailed. 
Oh, I love that so much. Everybody starts riding back to the castle, and McCool is riding next to Etain. Christopher starts crying to himself because she's so hot, and he wants to fuck her, and she came to his bedroom that morning. That's right, his bedroom. No one else's. And yet McCool is clearly putting on the moves on her, and she, she doesn't have any idea because... Deep down, girls think that guys are just girls. And this guy's just staring at her cleavage, even though he's trying to act professional. It's not fair, and fuck that guy. And fuck her, too, actually. There's plenty of other girls that would go for him. So, yeah, he's pouting. um, And he's on his horse, and he's just kind of letting the horse dick around and eat grass and amble behind the group. And then suddenly it's just him and another soldier guy who is walking his horse, presumably because the horse is lame. Then the soldier guy suddenly turns around and walks his horse the other way, and Christopher's like, hey, that's kind of weird. He watches the guy walk to a stone fence, abandon the horse, and start climbing over it. And he's like, oh, it's Senna. Christopher knows he should run and catch up with the others and tell McCool and the fairies that he saw Senna, but then Etain would think he was some kind of loser who couldn't take care of the problem himself. So instead, he turns his horse around and goes after her, figuring she'd at least be tired from shapeshifting. He jumps his horse over the fence and continues to follow her until he reaches the top of a hill, looking down into a dell. He sees a bunch of giant cut pillars sticking up through the po- through the fog, just like Stonehenge and Senna. Damn it, Alex! Anyway, this Stonehenge, Senna's standing in the middle of it like a fucking creep. Is it because I said Adele? Is it because? Yeah, I was like, is he rolling in the deep, Casey? <laughs> That's what I thought you were gonna say. He rides up and he's like, hello. I, I like looked up and Alex was already laughing at it. And I was like, oh, that wasn't my fault this time. I was I like, I as soon as I said Adele, <laughs> I like, I caught the motion of Alex like starting to laugh and I got, I just lost it. <laughs> I don't know what a fucking Dell is. I just know there's a farmer in it. <laughs> It's also a computer. God damn it. Tell me what Adele is. She's a a Grammy award winning artist, (laughs) I believe. A small valley usually amongst trees. Never mind that you'll find search results like these. (laughs) Why did that rhyme? Because it's an Adele lyric. Never mind that you'll find some. Never mind. Does she really talk about a valley amongst the trees? No, that's her name. What's happening here? The lyric lyric is, uh, never mind. It's something like, never mind, I'll find someone like you. I said, never mind if you'll find search results like these. I just... Oh, okay. 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 I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah, now I'm there. Now I'm there. I thought that was for real a lyric, and I was like, what? She sings about Adele? Wish nothing but the best for you, Tim. (laughs) Can I say something controversial? Yes. Please. I don't really like Adele's music. That's fine. No, hold on. We have to. That has to cause controversy. I can't believe you would say that, Casey. I know like one Adele song. I know like four or five. I know a lot of Adele songs. I bet you have heard a million because they play them like in the grocery store and stuff. Yeah, that's what Mm -hmm. I heard. But I could I could name one. Is it rolling in the deep? You know what was playing when I went in the grocery store today? That caught no. me way off guard. What? Like, wait, way off guard. Wait, give me a hint. Yeah, let's horse you, quiz this. Let's horse okay. quiz this. Give me, give me a clue. It's the theme song to Arcane. Oh, really? Did I go too far with that hint? Did that just give it away? I believe it's called Arcon. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, Arcon. 
oh my god that's so random i know i thought it was so weird and then it's like uh because they always talk about uh enemy but every time we hear the song it sounds like they're saying anemone anemone (laughs) yeah so that's everybody wants to be anemone yeah (laughs) oh that song i know that song it's by your favorite band imagine dragons yeah waiting for the d's nuts joke that always follows somebody saying imagine dragons Imagine these nuts. Imagine dragon these nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not, that's, yeah. that's that's what I always like. I have to brace for it every time somebody says imagine dragons. I'm like, oh, somebody's gonna do it. There has been a meme going around lately where somebody says, "Now imagine my dragons went blah 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 blah," and like it gets me every time. <laughs> there's also something really funny about Alex saying the sentence. There's been a meme. Been a meme. Has there been a meme? There has been a meme. <laughs> a meme. I'm the evil left bean a meme. <laughs> meme is a horse drug, and that's what I keep thinking that you guys are saying. Like, Banamine's so funny. Ban-a-meme. I love it when it takes down swelling and removes pain. Ha ha ha. So funny. If you say Banamine three times, it summons Alex. She's wearing this weird black and white suit. <laughs> Banamine, don't steal me gold. Oh, I'm a leprechaun now? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah I guess or I got my... Or do Canadians hoard gold <laughs> like dragons? No, they hoard my... bagged milk. <laughs> and kinder eggs. <laughs> I got my mythical soup. creatures confused. Yeah, Canadians and leprechauns. I hate it when I mix those two up. <laughs> I was trying to think of Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> I went to leprechaun. You didn't even ask me to guess your name one time, no. Tim. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. <gasps> Rumpelstiltskin. You've said my name. Run away. Now we get your baby or your spinning wheel or your yeah something. I spun. Spawn. I don't fucking spawn. I spawn <laughs> into gold. Spawn yarn into gold. <laughs> this is our fairy tale podcast. I mean, it's literally running adjacent to Everworld. If you're gonna tell me that there's not just a guy that's Rumpelstilts Tim in Everworld, that's like, I'll take your firstborn in exchange for the gold I've spun. Rumpelstilts Tim was standing right next to Mommy Fortuna when she got eaten by that harpy. <laughs> he just looks up. He's like, God damn. He's a kiwi. He's yes, a kiwi. he's a kiwi now. <laughs> he's a sweet little kiwi. Do they have to raise a child together? I'm really confused on what happened. In Rumpelstilts Tim. <laughs> Okay, wait, it's the girl pricks There's her something. finger. Her dad tells the king that she can spin straw into gold. Ah. So she makes a deal with the devil for his golden fiddle. <laughs> and then she went down to Georgia? Yeah. And that's where and then, she met Rumpelstiltskin? Yeah. And then everything she touched turned to gold. That's and King then, King Metis, right? King Meatus. King Meatus. Meatus. And then he fixed your muffler. Ew! Wait, what if everything you touch turned to meat? <laughs> like ground meat. I said, and then he fixed your muffler, and you went, ew, and I was like, oh shit, is that a phrase? And I didn't know it. Oh, Casey Did fucking hates gross? auto repair. How fucking dare you? One time, they said, you have to change your brake pads, and she punched him straight in the goddamn mouth. <laughs> change my oil? Why don't you just tell me to bite my own teeth? Air conditioning refresh. Who do you think I am? <laughs> Blow on out of here. All right, you guys ready for shit to hit the fan? Yes. Yeah. Senna, standing in the middle of the Stonehenge like a creep. She's like, well, hello, Christopher. And he's like, hey, 
you should come back with me now. And she's like, no, I don't think I will. They know we were involved in the giant's killing and you guys would have just sold me out. Christopher's like, the others might have, but I don't have any major beef with you. Then another voice says, can I kill him now? And Keith shows up at the top of the pillar, also like a fucking creep, and he's carrying a shit ton of guns. Christopher kicks his horse forward and then proceeds to immediately fall off the back, and then Keith shoots and kills the horse. Christopher tries to use the stones for cover as Keith starts jumping from stone to stone towards him. Christopher's like, why the fuck did I come here without a weapon? I have nothing on me. What am I going to do? Keith starts shooting blindly over the side of the rock, and Christopher's like army crawling away. He spots a couple of fairies at the top of the rise, and he yells for them to run, and Keith immediately takes one of them out. He also hits the other one, but Christopher doesn't see him fall. Senna is still standing in the middle of the stone circle with her arms wide open like Jesus, glowing with a bright white light and becoming translucent. Keith starts hooting and hollering, and Christopher sees Senna become a gateway into the other world, looking inside a room full of heavily armed men. Christopher is like, well, it's time for me to leave, and he starts breaking for the trees. He hears gunfire behind him, and he almost gets hit, and the only thing that manages to save him is that Keith Keith has his, his clip went empty. It, it No more bullets. Uh, Keith switches to his pistols, but Christopher manages to get out of range and get away. Hooray, guns. With the arms wide open. Yeah, I I hate Senna. Yeah, she's awful. I don't know why Christopher thought that going after her by himself yeah, with no weapon I, was a good idea. He's an idiot. He is an idiot. Christopher is an idiot. It's a dumb dumb. This isn't even the dumbest thing he does in the no. book. No. I haven't even not. gotten there yet. It's up yeah. there. If, if Everworld was a movie, that would be playing over it. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to this to place. I'll show you everything. I can show you the world. Do, 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 do. It's just... Christopher picks up David and holds him. He's like, everything that the light touches. <laughs> Davidius, everything the light Davidius. touches. <laughs> what about that, that shadowy place over there? We don't go there. That is Ka'anor's land. Scar-anor. <laughs> <laughs> Scar-anor. Scar-anor. Yeah. <gasps> Hell yeah. He was my brother. Be prepared. Be prepared for the coup hatch to come here. <laughs> All the headwater goose stepping. <sighs> I mean, it feels thematically right on par. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs a musical episode of an animated feature, and I feel like we're really honing in on what ours is going to be. I like it. Are we? Are we not? Do you feel uh, further away? Maybe. We could probably get Mark Hamill to voice his characters. <laughs> Singing Ooh. trees. A tree's love is eternal. That's the fucking hardest line. When uh-huh. you're when you yep. are ground to dust and no longer exist, a tree will still remember you and your oh, yep. fucking hell. That's some Brennan shit for sure. It's so hardcore. Christopher gets back to the castle. The one fairy got shot in the butt but managed to escape. Christopher is like, Yeah, so here's the thing. It's twelve dudes, they're all complete nutcases, they have lots of guns. Makul is like, Twelve dudes? That's no big deal. And the kids are like, no, you're stupid. They have guns that took down your giant friend with ease. David adds that 12 idiots are much more dangerous when they can be harnessed by someone smart and capable. April says, like Senna? And David flinches. McCool is like, listen, we've been defending this land for centuries. I'm not worried about these mortals. 
Etain is like, hell yes, I want to go fight too. I believe in, in the Fianna. Christopher catches Gawain's eye and shakes his head very slightly like, dude, no, she's going to die if she comes with us. She understands and is like, no, daughter, you should stay here and help us. David is like, well, I guess I'm going to go. My sword won't do much, but maybe I can influence Senna and save, save some of your dudes. Also, you might want to bring a lot of fairy archers. And McCool is like, nah. Christopher says, I will go as well, because someone's got to teach these idiots how to run away. You super don't. You super don't. Like, I don't understand why you would go. Like, Let them die. Yeah, if you if you don't have proper... You're bringing a knife to a gunfight, dude. Yep. Literally. Yeah, like, stop. And, like, I don't understand, like, so they won't listen. That's not on you, bud. You you tried to tell them everything you could. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm like, I feel like that ogre was... Ogre? Giant? Giant. That giant was enough. I'm like, that should have told you what you were what you were messing with. Oh, toxic masculinity. Yeah. More? Yep. Jaleel and April stay behind and get assignments. David expects that they're all going to get their asses kicked, so he assigns Jaleel to round up all the fairy archers he can in case Senna's army comes to take the castle. To April, he assigns her to fall asleep and cross over to the real world and find Brigade. McCool gathers about 20 of his dudes who all seem very nonchalant about the whole thing. Christopher gets a fresh horse and a sword, and David tells them that they're going to ride in the back. As everyone is getting ready to leave, Goywin ties her scarf around McCool's neck and Etain ties hers around Christopher. And they set off. As I walk through town, McCool decides to do a, coral, a neat sword trick because he's a douchebag. And as they're walking, Christopher and David start talking about Senna. Christopher is like, So, unfortunately for us, we managed to remove the coup hatch from the equation, aka the one thing that could have given us an edge. David surmises that Senna is going to ambush them and then go take the castle and kill everyone as quickly as she can because she's afraid of Jaleel. He rides up to McCool and is like, Hey, listen, we're going to encounter these little clumps of trees on either side of the road. That's where they're going to be waiting for us. And your dudes are going to start dying. The ones that don't die need to get off their horses and run away. McCool is like, run away? The Fianna do not run. And David is like, I thought you might say that, but I had to try anyway. We're going to stay towards the back and get your dudes out of here. McCool is like, you silly pussies. Why don't you ride back into town and hide in a wine cellar, you weak ass motherfucker. And then a hole is blown into his chest. He falls off his horse and the horse dies at the same time that he does. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah. None of it. None of it makes sense. But this is the part that I was talking about with the coup hatch where it was like it didn't pay off like I thought it was going to. I thought they were going to give the coup hatch guns. And like this may be the part where you were talking about it being rushed. But, yeah. Like the coup hatch just get eliminated off panel. Pretty much. You know what? She's like, oh, she probably already sent them back to wherever. Maybe. Because, because they could make the weapon that would defeat her. And I was like, well, that doesn't that doesn't track from what I thought. But we don't have a guarantee that they're gone. I mean, that's true. It was just kind of like the mom's word, which isn't really worth much. Yeah, but it does make sense that if they could, they're the only thing that could make anything remotely close to what they've got. She'd just be like, well, y'all can go home. See ya. Yep. I can't believe they killed the horses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The horse death is just beginning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as soon as David was like, 
when they started shooting, just mount your horses and hide behind their corpses. I was like, I'm not following you into fucking battle, you dick. Well, nobody should have, they shouldn't have done anything. Yeah, that's no. true. That's true. David was like, hey, guy, like, here's what's going to happen. And the guy's like, no, it's not. And David's like, well, I did my best. They should have gone like, and stolen some Ku Hatch weapons from the Amazons is what they should have done. What they should have done is said, hey, don't send your guys into battle until two days from now. Send us in first. We're going to, like, try to weaken their forces with what we know with the intel from the enemy. Talk to the king into that. Then what they should have done is knowing exactly how the fuck Senna would handle this, which was with all of the fucking delicacy of a hammer, they should have gone around and, like, taken them all out in, like, guerrilla warfare on the other mm -hmm. side. Maybe taken, like one or two people that's a little bit more intelligent than them and decimated her forces because these guys are, as they said, untrained idiots who don't know anything and just think they're powerful because they have these weapons. The second you kill one of them who's off peeing in the woods, just like in Jurassic Park 3 with the comp the Negasis, yeah, Casey knows exactly the scene I'm talking about. Or sorry, it was a Jurassic Park 2. Jurassic Park 2 with the comp the Negasis. Oh, I was thinking front lines. Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, front lines, too. I guess that's more relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah, so the second you get that guy killed, you take the gun, you are fucking set. You can take all of those motherfuckers out. I was thinking that you build a bunch of traps, mm -hmm. like in the movie Predator. I thought you were going to say Home Alone. Uh, it's kind of the same movie, when you think okay. about it. Okay. It's not. It's super not. But they do build, like, homemade <laughs> traps, both of them. In well, Predator? I don't know. Predator's kind of a wet bandit. Does he got wet bones? Are. He probably does have wet bones. Definitely has wet bones. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen that tongue alien come out. That's no Predator's the one that has oh. the, the the mouth the... flap, right? You just had a Fargo moment. No, Alien and Listen, Predator are the same franchise. They're in the they same movie. They're not the same. They're in the same don't, movie. They don't they have those. a movie called Alien and Predator or something, or Predator versus Alien or some shit. It's not good. But that doesn't. But that. But they're in the same universe. It's not like Fargo. They when I sick. thought, yeah, they have a franchise you, together. How do you know Fargo and Silence of the Lambs aren't in the same universe? Because there's no Silence of the Lambs versus Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we should make it. Oh no! Okay. Well, when we it happens, it. first of all, when it happens, I'll be more right, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> you can't call them the same franchise, though. They are in a movie together. It's uh, Freddy and I'm sorry, Jason are Jay Pot. and Silent Bob different universes That's that don't intersect? Not even remotely close to the same thing. It's pretty much the same, I'm pretty Freddy, sure. Freddy fought Jason, but they are not the same franchise. But they're in a movie together. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That the doesn't, franchise, they're the same universe. That does Universes and franchises are not the same thing. I mean, okay, but... You can't say that I'm wrong when there is an Alien versus Predator movie in which they're in there together I, and I name one of the creatures in the movie. Okay. I can say you're wrong when I'm talking about Predator and you say, I remember the little tongue mouth thing. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, and that's not. And then, of not. course, I did remember that that was the alien and corrected immediately. But they are also in the same movie. That would be like... That, that's just ridiculous. That That's like <laughs> saying like, oh, well, no, you said Iroh and he's Fire Nation, not Water Nation. So therefore you are incorrect about Avatar the movie being in the same fucking film. That's buck wild, Tim. Avatar the movie being in the same film? Yes. That's a See weird See how sentence. stupid that sounds? <laughs> 
This is a very Callan and Ford discussion. I feel it is. Like. It is a very Callan and Ford. Did you know that Jasper played Sokka? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That blew my mind. Blew it blows my, my mind. mind that those any one of those actors got hired after Twilight. <laughs> Anytime that you're like, they're they're in blah blah blah. I'm like, someone hired them? They know they were in Twilight, right? <laughs> Final chapter? Yes. Yeah. Shit's going real bad. Fiona start yelling, charge! And David is like, no, dismount! And to no one's surprise, these dudes just start getting torn apart. Some of them start listening to David getting down off their horses and using them as shields. They they drag the kicking and screaming horses up over the hill to get out of cover. And by the time they get there, there are no more horses. Then they just start fucking running for their lives. Christopher looks ahead and sees a stone fence that had not been there ten minutes earlier, stretching across the road and building itself higher and higher, as if an invisible army of stonemasons was blocking their path. They hear a cry behind them of, They're getting away! Go, finish them off! And another dude gets shot in the back of the head. David yells at everybody to cover their heads and get over the fence. He runs forward, getting pelted with rocks as he starts scrambling over it. Christopher follows suit, taking a rock to the shoulder blades and wiping out. He tries to get up and starts crawling the wrong way, and now the rocks are getting pelted with bullets. He gets up again and reaches the wall, trying to climb over it and cover his head at the same time. Something hits him in the face, but he heaves himself over the far side of the wall. David helps him up, and Christopher can't see out of his left eye. Out of the 23 men that set out on the mission, only 9 return. They ride the cable car back into town, beaten and bloody and no longer cheering. And that is part one of this book. Did Christopher get shot in the face? Either that or he took a rock to the face. Yeah. Yeah. He said there that's, was a bang though. So. Yeah, that's kind of where I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to stop reading here, Christopher. Yeah. Like, did he get shot? I think he did. He I think he did too. Shot. But I don't know. And so, as soon as we hang up on this call, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna see if I can find out. Hang on though. But, How yeah. do you get shot in the eye? Without it going through the rest of your head meat. Okay. Ricochet. Ricochet. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. You gotta go Especially off the rock. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I know that there are people who survive gunshots to the head. I don't claim to understand what would be the difference between one that would take you out and one that you could live through. I think yeah. how many vital things it hits on the way through. I mean, yeah. Spinal cord. If you're gonna make broad statements you you're you're always going to be right alex but i'm talking about i don't have like i'm sorry i don't i didn't get the specificity of i don't understand how bullet can go through your head and you still live no like like what path the bullet would have to take where it would take out an eye but not anything that would cause yeah i don't i'm not a doctor i don't claim to be a doctor also, it's really frustrating when you say something that is stupid and you don't realize that it's stupid and then somebody is just like, here's a vague statement to point out how stupid you are. And I'm like, oh. You got to double down oh. at that point. <laughs> yeah, just lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, scientifically, there are no points where a bullet enters your head that you could survive in. Statistically speaking, just really double down on it. No, like, like, so, but that was one of the things I always thought about. Like, again, don't know, but, and and like, we're talking about fictional characters here. So like, like, keep that in mind. But like, when you watch The Walking Dead, 
Carl got shot and it like took out like it made a big hole in his head. And I'm like, is that could that really happen? Does that really happen? Um, with hollow point ammo, I think it happens sometimes, but I don't think with like the bullets that most people have, it really like explodes out. Like but maybe like, out the back. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I hope that doesn't sound too ignorant, but I like I don't. Listen, I think that if you have to pick something to be ignorant about, knowing specifically what bullets and yeah. guns cause yeah. massive wounds is something that it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Listen, that's not something I know about, and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do not become intimately familiar with that, please. Yeah, kind of. But that was what I thought. I was like, oh no, Christopher's been shot. This is it. No, He's not dry. making it back. Yeah. I still am not sure he will make it back. Like, I feel like he's like, he's crawling back with David, but like, I don't think it's going to go well. Ew. What if he sacrifices himself to save the girl he loves? Uh, okay. It might be tropey, but it would still be a step up. Yeah. For him. I'd give him a D for that. Yeah. Of a D minus. But I don't think he'll make it back to do that. No. No. I think he's going to die dirty and alone on a trolley. And somebody's going to have to pick up the rest of this book. <laughs> Sorry, that got me. <laughs> Dirty and alone on a trolley. Dirty and alone on a trolley. I like that that was to the tune of Doko chasing waterfalls. <laughs> sort of. I think David and Christopher should not have gone chasing waterfalls. They should have David stuck to the rivers and the lakes that they're used to? Yes. They're dumb. Yes. Like, I just don't know why you would run into this battle. I feel like it was strictly to try and convince some of this king's men to come back. And, like, that's such a stupid thing to do. Yeah. With those people, with the force that was there. Like, just let them go and get slaughtered. Yeah. It's like the idea that anything... Like, Christopher screwed up enough chasing after Senna by himself, and that was close enough. Why would you then go back into this? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it's like the giant wasn't enough. The testimony from Christopher and the fairy that got shot wasn't enough. The second they saw the giant should have been... At least that they were dealing with something that they didn't understand and weren't used to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At least that. But I get like, I get the Fianna going because this is like their job and their, you know, the same thing we talked about the, the mythical beings being stagnant, but David and Christopher going with them. I don't get it. Yeah. Just go and tell them. I'm like, yeah, you'll send in 20 men and none of them will come back. But now I have to know if Christopher survives. He did. I th- I think so. It's very possible. <laughs> but what to E, right? What to E, guys? What I guess. E? And does does real world Christopher die if ever world Christopher dies? I don't think he does. I'm waiting for this fucking answer already. Oh. Yeah. I'm I'm fully bought into Atlantis Mayor Marceau or Lemieux or whatever. Uh, it's Marceau. fully bought in. Yeah, Marcel. <laughs> Beside you, comic.com. Uh, I'm fully bought into uh, Mayor Lemieux and his theory that if you die, you your second fragmented being still lives. I'm ready to know. I'm ready to know. 
All right. So if you do a seven-minute outro, I can go read. All right. Okay, cool. Well, if you want to tell me what you think happens when you die in the real world to yourself in Everworlds, you can do that at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club or find us on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Cast or Twitter at Animorphs Anon. I think it's Animorphs Anon or Apple Grant Cast. Find us there. Tell us what you think. And send us those uh, Everworld travel poster ideas. Yes, and Everworld yeah. travel poster ideas, please. Yeah. Or, alternatively, you could put them in our Discord server. We have a FanWorks channel, and we have more than that. We have a thousand fucking channels of varying levels of pet pictures in them. (laughs) Honestly, they should all have pet pictures in them at some point, because pets are great. Um, Come to our Discord server, hit us up on any of our socials, we'll get you the link to that, and you can come hang out with us and other Animorphs fans. Yeah! And, you know, earlier I did name drop Marceau. What famous work of literature is that from? It is from a, I, I would argue not at all famous, but still maybe. Soon to be. Some, someday, maybe. Anyway, it's my webcomic. It's called Beside You. You can go read that for free at bsideyoucomic.com. You can read it for free on top of some webtoons. And if you like Marceau and you're like, this dude rules, he's just a dude. He's just doing his thing. Um, And if I were in the comic myself, I would give money to Marceau. Then you can go to my Patreon because Marceau will give that money to me, Casey, the creator of the comic. And, and the money that is given to me by Marceau Helps me make more Marceau for everybody. So go to patreon.com slash kcdstudios, get early access pages, get work in progress pages, and get my undying gratitude. So Marceau leads to more Marceau. Mm-hmm. It's a Marcerberus. <laughs> Marcerberus? Wait, no. A Marcerberus would be a three-headed Marceau dog. <laughs> <laughs> also something that I need. <laughs> All right, but if you're like, yeah, Marceau's cool or whatever, but actually the coolest one is Slater, then go ahead and uh, give to Casey $8,452.63 a month, and then you too can get the Slater cast from Dan and I, who live in Casey's driveway. He told me to stop saying that because Casey kicked us out of her driveway recently if you're following the drama on the Discord. Uh, (laughs) Then you'd know that. But anyways, we do the Slater cast together from the Dan Van. Check it out. I like how whenever you name a price for the Slater cast, it always starts with eight. <laughs> it's, it started to, yeah. It's definitely started to. I like that. I yeah. like that. Speaking- I thought like 8,000 was right in my hot spot. Yeah, yeah. It's a good number. Speaking of 8,000, how many other podcasts are the both of you on? 8,000. I do too. Uh, Alex does the other 7,998. I think you do two. No, sorry. I think you do three regularly, and then you voice act on other ones. You do so many, you don't even know how many you're regularly on, Tim. Yeah, Tim. Uh, Yeah. It's hard to keep up. Want to name them? Yeah. Um, When Alex and Dan go hunt for tofu, 
Uh, I I was going to say small game, but then I realized that Alex is vegetarian, so that whole bit fell apart. When they leave the Dan Van, I sneak into the Dan Van, and I record a podcast called Horse Girls with Alex. It's a weird time thing. That's past Alex. Uh, uh, but yeah, I do Horse Girls, and I'm also on Late Starters, where I argue with Alex a lot. It's I We just have different names when we do it there. Uh, we just play weird. ourselves. <laughs> uh and cases there to keep us in line and that's a lot of fun it's pokemon ttrpg uh and then i do surprise attack book club sometimes it'll be a surprise whenever that happens uh and then uh there's other podcasts like the way we haunt now which you should go listen to now get caught up on the first two seasons it's halloween yeah it's a good time to do it and it's very good it is very good and then there's 7,998 podcasts that Alex does. Just like that song from Rent. <laughs> 7,000. No, I'm not even going to try it. I never know how many minutes yeah, yeah. there are. I know. Ever. Ever. There could be any amount of minutes. Uh, but there is actually a limited amount of podcasts that I do, though it, though it be many. Uh, so I am on Late Starters and Old Girls, which Tim already mentioned, and Surprise Attack Book Club, which Tim already mentioned. But I am also on Dungeons and Draken Beams, which is an Animorphs D&D podcast where we play idiot kids with death wishes because we're all going to die soon. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And then, uh, you know. I'm around on other podcasts. Some of them are on hiatus, like Soup Salad Sandwich, but I'm around. Find me. I was just on Dragon Knight Adventure Friends, which is my fucking favorite new thing. I got to play just it's a little guy. Amazing. It's so good, and everybody should go listen to it and love oh, it as much you as we should. do. You should absolutely do that. We're just little guys. It's the best mm-hmm. D&D. It's a D&D <laughs> where you can't do anything great because you're just a little guy. <laughs> Also, follow the DragonCon digital media track on YouTube, and panels are going to go up that that we were on at DragonCon, and they're all really good, and check that out. Yeah, if you want to see me eat a cupcake on camera, it's up there. It was graceful and beautiful. It was fucking not. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing graceful or beautiful about it to the point where I cracked myself up we did have our first horse girls live show and we did crown a 2023 horse quiz champion and it was a ton of fun twice it was it was amazing i got almost all the questions right until we got to media no i did get all the questions right until we got to media media thank you i didn't i didn't get them all right you did your best though i did my best (laughs) 